Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. So, I just got the State Farm Personal Price Plan on my car insurance. So you told your agent you'd play the bagpipes for your dog? What? No, I didn't get that. Personal, my agent just helped me create an affordable price just for me. Okay, let me show you what I've been working on. Hey, Buster! Contact local agent Jerry Farnham in Springfield today. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. Each razor has stainless steel blades and aloe vera lubricating strip and a pivot head. It's so gentle a toddler could use it. And do you like spending $20 a month on brand name razors? 19 go to Roger Federer. I'm good at tennis. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher, and 10 blades? Your handsome ass grandfather had one blade and polio. Looking good, pop up. Stop paying for shave tech you don't need. And stop forgetting to buy your blades every month. Alejandro and I are gonna ship them right to you. We're not just selling razors, we're also making new jobs. Alejandra, what were you doing last month? Not working. What are you doing now? Working. I'm no Vanderbilt, but this train makes hay. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. A new year means it's time for a new home network that can keep up. With Cox Internet, you have the speed and coverage your family needs to stay connected. You'll enjoy Cox's fiber-based hybrid network with options for fast upload and download speeds. And if your household has lots of connected devices, panoramic Wi-Fi may be the perfect fit thanks to its additional control features. Plus, with advanced security on panoramic Wi-Fi, you'll know each connected device is securely protected 24-7. A whole world of connectivity is yours with Cox Internet. Learn more at Cox.com. Today, this breakfast isn't just breakfast. It might be the first McDonald's breakfast you're having at McDonald's again. This lunch might be a weekly tradition you hadn't had in weeks. And this dinner might be the first one you bought for not just you in a while. Whatever this order is for you, McDonald's. 
would be here to take it. Get more of the chicken you love with a delicious McChicken sandwich for $1. And for an extra buck, add a refreshing Dr. Pepper. Dining rooms are starting to reopen in certain communities. At participating McDonald's, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 of pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. My son was in the Army back during Desert Storm, but even then he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq. Grantham University. Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did you'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now, 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible, affordable, relevant. Call 800-910-1370. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-783-0810 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-783-0810. Again, that's 800-783-0810. A new year means it's time for a new home network that can keep up. With Cox Internet, you have the speed and coverage your family needs to stay connected. You'll enjoy Cox's fiber-based hybrid network with options for fast upload and download speeds. 
And if your household has lots of connected devices, panoramic Wi-Fi may be the perfect fit thanks to its additional control features. Plus, with advanced security on panoramic Wi-Fi, you'll know each connected device is securely protected 24-7. A whole world of connectivity is yours with Cox Internet. Learn more at Cox.com. The following program contains coarse language, adult themes, and references to tantric witchcraft. Listener discretion is advised. Saturday night. This is Juxtober. I am one third of the crew this evening, Mr. Rick Robinson. I'm also joined by Ordinance Jay Packard, our resident Amish attorney, who does his best to keep us out of trouble, but since he's Amish, it's kind of hard sometimes. And we also have a special guest co-host with us this evening, uh, Miss Aggie Regan, our res- resident anthropologist, who's going to be helping us break down, you know, how witchcraft started, where it's headed, that kind of fun stuff. So good evening to both of you. How are you? Hi. <laughs> Hello. Not yet, but I will be later. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> so jealous. Oh, that's the other thing I like about not working for the state anymore. I don't I don't have to get yelled at about my marijuana card, so yay for me. <laughs> <laughs> yay. <laughs> I shouldn't be able to yell at you for your marijuana card in the first place. When you, yeah, that's right. When you work for the state and you're contracted to a state agency, they get super cranky about that stuff. Well, you know what? Then they should probably legalize it, and then they wouldn't have anything to bitch about. Me, on the other hand, I have to deal with the Department of Transportation because fuck the Fed. Well, you know, because according to the Feds, it has zero medicinal purposes, but it's legal in 37 states for medical. It's really confusing. See, okay, needs to be an amendment. We're getting off topic. I'm just saying. Yeah, we'll say, we'll save that for next week's Rick and Ordy because it's more of the whole yeah yeah that'll fit. <laughs> I don't preach over there, not so much over here. Anyway, so uh, yeah, tonight with so we kind of went through kind of an overview of witches, witchcraft, etc. Now we're gonna kind of drill down on how all of this craziness got started, and then kind of go from there. So we decided to bring someone in who who typically studies like historical stuff, you know, because she has a degree for it. 
unlike us, unlike us, unwashed man. She studies. She studies dead people. <laughs> that would make her. That would make her Quincy. Technically, She's not Quincy. I studied live ones. I yeah. know, <laughs> but as you know, but I like dead people too. Actually, of late, I've liked dead people a lot better than live ones. They're, they're much say. more interesting. They are. Uh, yes. Nicer too. Yeah, but she's prettier. So than... hello, welcome to the show. But she's prettier Thank than you. Quincy, though. We can't make her Quincy because she's prettier than Quincy. <laughs> Just is it... I, I, I have to. This is your first time on Jux, right? I yes. no. Wait. I... Yeah, I think it is. Yes. Yes. It is. As a guest, okay. yes. Okay. Yeah. I've been a guest with you guys before that was on a podcast that was not ours, like that that I'm not involved in. I remember that distinctly, but I think it was an off the rails or Rick and Orty or something. On, yeah, something, she was, yeah, something else. She was on a Rick and Orty that semi became a judge, but yeah, it, right. sort of like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this is the first official jux I've been a guest on. Excellent. Yeah, okay, so that, that means, so now we've got we've had we've got you on the show. We've had obviously Ron. We've had Jeff many times. We've had Al. Um, we're just. We we got to find more of the KRN crew, you know, something in the you know their wheelhouse to get them on the show too, because it's fantastic. I love it. Oh, we've had Mickey too. That's right. You did have. Uh, you did have them. So. Yes. Yeah. And at some point, we're supposed to actually have him on again, unless you guys have done it without me, because we're still supposed still supposed to do a show about the Matrix at some point. No, we haven't done that yet. That was going to be a panel show, but again, the same reason why he can't do. He said, she said. With any regularity, is the same reason why we haven't done that show yet. I get it. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it's us and Cats uh, and Jeff and yeah. You know, we actually should. All the guys. We actually should have just went ahead and did that one the last time everybody was on when we did. He said, she I said. <laughs> we should have just been like, call it an audible. We're doing jokes on a Friday. There we go. Because we have the panel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not last week, but the week before that when I couldn't do it. Yeah, I see yeah. how it is. That was the last two. <laughs> hey, you want to get on? You want to get in on the Matrix panel too? That'd be fantastic. Oh, good. When do you guys plan on on doing the Matrix? Uh, three months ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, witches, witchcraft, historically speaking. Historically speaking, uh, witchcraft uh, goes back thousands of years there are several uh, people who tend to believe as i do it's just personal observations that the need for witches is kind of innate like we have this calling to actually have that uh have a be drawn to that sort of magical thing that we cannot explain now, I differentiate it from the um, uh, the holy, you know, that's different. But there's there's always been uh, almost every single culture that I've studied, and I would wager almost all of them in the world, do have their own version of witchcraft. So, you know, there is that, I don't know, they, they tend to draw towards it. So it, it has been a long, it has been around for a long time, and as uh, as Gr mentioned in chat, it's even mentioned in the Bible. There is a witch, the witch of Endor, which is um, 
referenced in um, Samuel. Uh, King David actually goes to seek her advice. So it's been around for a long time. Yeah, as, as Rick and I have mentioned in the past, we've mentioned in you know, previous years on other things. Um, with your, you know, to your point of every culture having some form of witches, witchcraft, uh, sorcery, shamanism, so on and so forth. It's only the, you, as we referenced, the Zoroastrian religions that have, actually have the battle between good and evil. Everything else is kind of like morally ambiguous when it comes to, um, you know, the, the role of witches and shaman in the societies. Very much so. Um, there is, we are drawn, people, we are drawn to worship. We really do seek to worship that which we cannot explain. Uh, that explains, you know, we have religions. We have uh, several different religions. But we also, if, if you don't focus towards that, you know, you tend to focus to something more profane, more secular. Um, if you don't reach for that, type of divinity you reach for a different type of divinity and i think that's where shamanism and witchcraft kind of lie some you know i differentiate because wicca is a type of religion but not all witches are wiccan so you can't say that witchcraft is a religion it's a practice but it's not a religion whereas wicca is classified as a religion so whereas all wiccans do refer to themselves as witches not all witches refer to themselves as wiccan as a matter of fact <laughs> some witches will get really upset if you refer to them as wiccan i mean like they will lose their ever-loving shit over it so <laughs> you know it's, it's not the same it's the universal life church of it's it, it kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, it's really weird because when I was doing my paper on, on witchcraft, this is way back in the dark ages. Oh, shit, I didn't even know you did a paper on witchcraft. That's, that's I did, answer. and um, two of my professors actually asked if they could keep it in their stuff so that they could use it for reference because it was so well annotated with all the references. I mean, I was like in the stacks over at the library for like months researching all this stuff right so um but you know it's this was back in the 80s it's been a long time <laughs> so bear with me but one of the things that i did notice when i was doing the research on witchcraft and witches in particular was that there seemed to be a connection between witchcraft itself and um the holiness of nature but not all witches did that. So there were different, it, it's, it's kind of like Christianity has different denominations. So does witchcraft. They have different denominations in a way. And I, 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 I know that you mentioned tantric <laughs> <laughs> witchcraft, but you know, there are witches that I did. They're, so, they're called, some are called kitchen witches. Some are called plant witches. Some are called sex witches. Some, you know, are divinity witches. There are um, uh, political, you know, um, and, and so they, they do divide themselves with that. What was that?
Oh, no, no, I was trying to sound effect. It didn't work. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned Kitchen Witches because when um, when we were doing – when I was uh, studying for uh, the primer we did two weeks ago, uh, Kitchen Witchcraft seems to be like the catch-all for most of um, the witchcraft that's, pa- that's practiced in Africa and the New World. Mm-hmm. That, that's more ki- like you know, to, to use the phrase kitchen witchcraft than, uh, you know, it, and whether it's good or evil all really kind of depends on intent. That's but, another uh, thing. Yeah. yeah. You have, you have your white witches, which are the ones that have the good intent. That everything has a good outcome that that's what you, you do not harness the negativity uh, of others in order to uh, will a bad outcome for somebody else. So, but then you have your, dark witches your black witches that do you know and it it does derive from voodoo it does derive from you know curanderia it does derive from a lot of different um occult uh practices throughout the um throughout africa and the new world um there's one chick that i know of she she has a really big following on TikTok and Instagram, you know, those places. And she is actually a plant witch. And she derives. At the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program, we're helping you spend less on your prescriptions. With the FEP Medicare Prescription Drug Program, eligible members with Medicare can pay lower out-of-pocket costs for higher-cost drugs and get additional approved prescription drugs than our traditional pharmacy benefit, all with the same FEP premium. There's even a cap on the amount you pay out-of-pocket on prescriptions each year, helping you save money. That's the benefit of Blue. Learn more at fepblue.org slash MedicareRx. Looking to make your holiday gifts more extraordinary? There's one place you need to go. Paper Source. Paper Source's gift wrap collection includes hand-illustrated designs, stone paper, sustainable handmade fine papers, and even pine-scented wrap. Don't want to do any wrapping? Paper Source has easy solutions with their pre-wrap gift boxes and bags. Or you can leave it to the professionals with their in-store wrapping service. Give yourself time back and wrap up your holidays with something extraordinary. Visit papersource.com or stop by a Paper Source near you today. Her knowledge from her background, she happens to be Cuban. So there's a lot of Taino influence uh, in in her witchcraft, but also African, you know, because, Mm -hmm. hey, we were part of the the whole slave trade area and everything. So uh, that is part of what they absorbed and everything. But, you know, with that said, you also have, a lot of witches that are going through that whole political correctness of cultural appropriation and they're getting a little uppity about it. <laughs> it or not. Because they have, you know, you'll have somebody up in the Northwest identify herself as a witch, you know, Pacific Northwest. She grew up there or for whatever reason. And now she is, uh, learning the ways of, you know, voodoo and all that stuff, stuff that was not found up there. And there are some witches that really believe that you are actually culturally appropriating oh, this stuff. And I'm like, no, because what you're practicing, it, you literally appropriate it from somebody else. Right. I mean, and even even that girl says, yes, I understand that what I learned, I, it was appropriated from another culture, you know, but that's, 
you know, I didn't do it. My ancestors did it. And I'm like, yeah, you're still, you're still, you're washing it. It's, that's not going to fly. <laughs> but, you know, and, and, and that is one thing that a lot of, you know, some witches do, do the whole back and forth learning from each other. They have conventions and everything that, that, that whole thing about covens is not necessarily a thing that translates to modern day witchcraft, actually. Um, mostly because you have social media now and you don't have to be in a group in order to communicate with others. But also because there are some witches that prefer to work alone. They're solitary witches. And well, also I, you don't have the stigma on it. They don't have to be underground. You know, it's not like the old alchemists or, you know, anything else where you have to practice your, you know, you have to engage your practice in secret lest you be burned. Yeah, this is true. Um, we do have a history here in the United States when it comes to witchcraft. And um, it, it, it's still, it's still, it's still a stain. I would, I would have to say, even though there have been some reparations made towards, you know, the pardoning and the restitution to the families and all that stuff. And uh, now in this day and age, we don't see witchcraft as being such a horrible, you know, dark thing. And that I think I attribute that mostly to the feminist movement. Sure. Okay. Because that, if you notice, the witchcraft would rise as feminism would rise, as women became more um, free to do things. They when they got the power to vote, when they got this, when they got as they became, as they became more free to actually have their own jobs, you know, work outside of the home, you know, that kind of thing. Witchcraft actually became bigger and bigger. The more you have these feminism waves, the bigger witchcraft becomes. It grows with it. That is something that I, I noticed outside, you know, and, and, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was present during the second wave. We're mm. now, what, in the fourth wave? So now you have transgender, queer witches, you have, you know, non-binary witches and everything. And you have men who are witches, too. They call themselves witches. They don't call themselves warlocks, per or se. Sorcerers. Or sorcerers, yeah, they just call themselves witches. Um, but you, and you have you have men that are that do practice, and you know a lot of them tend to be more of the kitchen or plant variety uh, because that's usually the the more popular and uh, the one that has the more um, stuff to learn about out there. You know that you can look up on the on the internet, I suppose. Um, but like I said, you have to differentiate witchcraft from Wicca. Wicca is completely different. Even though, like I said, they do identify themselves as witches, they don't necessarily have the same voodoo capabilities. That <laughs> it's and, more it's more of a Gaia religion. Yes, it it is. Um, Although they don't call, call themselves believers, they call themselves uh, practitioners. In the, in, in Wicca. Yeah, have... this is true. It it really is. Um, but you know, they and they have they have their own certain um, religious practices and everything. And that's not to say that witches don't have those same practices. But um, you know, where I come from, 
in my church, we had two witches. And I'm Catholic. And when I came over here, the, the witches don't go to church. <laughs> right? <laughs> they just don't. But, you know, where I grew up, yeah, there, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think it was bad or evil or anything because these were, we considered them women who had knowledge of herbs. They knew how to, you know, they, they were folk medicine women. They really yeah. were. And a lot of people confused that for witchcraft for a very long time. And it was a huge disservice, but right. that's what happens with ignorance, I suppose. Not, not to cut in, but we actually do have a, a question from the chat. Um, Emily sure. is asking, are kitchen witches akin to hedge wizards? I don't know, so I figured I would try to... I've never... I've, <clears throat> I don't think so. I've never heard them being referred to in the same manner. And I'm really vague on a hedge wizard. <laughs> I may look it up in a second just to see. Um, and then get get your chonkler ready because uh, Rooster wants to know if kitchen witches are just housewives. <laughs> Listen, I will wear that with pride. Well, you um, know, one of my favorite stories, especially about kitchen witchcraft, is that um, uh, many years ago, I was dating an FOB uh, Mexican, which is fresh over the border. And, um, you know, getting with the, uh, you know, getting the whole experience, you get the traditional food as well as the, you know, traditional food relief. And whenever you would have indigestion, you get the bay leaf joint blown in your face and you immediately feel better. So I'm all for kitchen witchcraft. Everybody's Googling hedge witch right now. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I'm I'm like, I'm totally with you. I mean, you know, there, there are some things I can't explain, whether it be divine or secular. I, I There's some things out there I just, and you know what? I'm at the point in my life that I really don't care for the explanation as long as it works. Yeah, and you know, it's really, it's, I mean, we've, we've been so ingrained in Western medicine. That, I mean, I'm actually in the Eastern medicinal practices that I have partaken in acupuncture, acupressure, and you know, I mean, you, you can call chiropractic basically voodoo, but it all works. So, you know, it's either it's a psychosomatic component or it, it actually does work, but you know, it's relieved me of the ailments that I was seeking it for at the time. Which is, I found it interesting too in my research of wishes and witchcraft that, um, Asians really don't have the same kind of they don't really have a word for it, you know. It's just I, I it seems like you know, when you have a polythe polyeth polytheistic um culture, mm -hmm. witchcraft really doesn't come into play. It's just more like a cleric of a different yes. force. I have noticed that. And uh witches in India are very, very rare if any. Um, so I, I do believe that you are right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in China and Japan, they are the, you know, the classical sorcerer type entity, mm -hmm. but even then you get right down to it. It's mostly just kitchen magic. Yeah. So, and he magic. explained in the chat what a hedge wizard 
or head witch is basically an herbalist, you know, yeah. uh, someone self-trained in, uh, in herbals, which I've never heard of that term before, but no, a kitchen, a kitchen, witch is just like, uh, like already said, it was the catch-all. They practice uh, elements of a lot of the African traditions, like voodoo and hoodoo and, you know, and mix it with other traditions. And it's not just the herbals that they use in practice, but also the, I guess, the rituals attached to those herbs are specific. And the cooking. And, and basically you're cooking with that sounds more like, I mean, MD, that sounds more like um, plant witch. Yeah. That, I, I would put, I would put it in the plant witch in that category, even though a plant witch actually does certain rituals that a hedge wizard would not. So, yeah, I mean, it just... you know, like, like I would, I would, I would say my grandmother was a hedge witch simply because I swear to God, if you were like ill or whatever, she would just go to her backyard. She would pick some, the weirdest shit that grows out there. She would make a potion and make you drink it. And by God, you would feel better. It would be the most vile tasting concoction, but you, she was going to make sure that you finished it. But at five, five minutes later, you were fine. So, you know, there was no ritual attached to it, except, you know, she was glaring at you while you were, you know, drinking it. But Making sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no lie. She made one for me that was... She took garlic, coriander, um, onions, the, the green onions from the backyard, some other plant that grew back there, boiled it all in milk, and made me drink it. I cannot tell you how disgustingly vile that stuff was. <laughs> but my pain was gone in five minutes. And I, I, I don't know why. I have no idea. To this day, I have no idea. But it was gone. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> but it was awful. <laughs> I'm actually convinced that bitters is a form of witchcraft. Oh, I, I see it. I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as we get ready We're to go, bring the cocktail in as we get ready to go to break, I do have kind of an age appropriate reference for the chat to explain more kind of in a way that everybody'd understand what a hedge wizard kind of is. Everybody remember the apothecary guy from the original Zelda made all the potions and all the stuff that made you feel better. That's basically a hedge wizard. Just saying. Because they don't have, okay. they don't really have any spell powers of their own. They're actually considered the lowest class of mage because they have limited to no magic. So that'd actually be like the bottom rung. The other one you were mentioning would be like a step or two above them because they actually do have some magical abilities. The 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 hedge wizard's kind of like you know, kind of like a shaman, but less magic than even a shaman. From a little bit of reading oh, I was just doing. Okay. So, <clears throat> but anyway, so we're we're at the bottom of the hour. So already sent me specific bumper music. So we better take a break or he's gonna get cranky. So. <laughs> Can't, can't can't have a cranky Amish. I don't like curdled butter. We'll be right back, everybody. Right? That, that's how you get cottage cheese. You are listening <laughs> to Juxtaposition live on KLRMradio.com. We'll be right back. Stay tuned.
You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. Each razor has stainless steel blades and aloe vera lubricating strip and a pivot head. It's so gentle a toddler could use it. And do you like spending $20 a month on brand name razors? 19 go to Roger Federer. I'm good at tennis. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher, and 10 blades? Your handsome-ass grandfather had one blade and polio. Looking good, pop-up! Stop paying for shave tech you don't need. And stop forgetting to buy your blades every month. Alejandro and I are going to ship them right to you. We're not just selling razors. We're also making new jobs. Alejandro, what were you doing last month? Not working. What are you doing now? Working. I'm no Vanderbilt, but this train makes hay. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. A new year means it's time for a new home network that can keep up. With Cox Internet, you have the speed and coverage your family needs to stay connected. You'll enjoy Cox's fiber-based hybrid network with options for fast upload and download speeds. And if your household has lots of connected devices, panoramic Wi-Fi may be the perfect fit thanks to its additional control features. Plus, with advanced security on panoramic Wi-Fi, you'll know each connected device is securely protected 24-7. A whole world of connectivity is yours with Cox Internet. Learn more at Cox.com. Today, this breakfast isn't just breakfast. It might be the first McDonald's breakfast you're having at McDonald's again. This lunch might be a weekly tradition you hadn't had in weeks. And this dinner might be the first one you bought for not just you in a while. Whatever this order is for you, McDonald's will be here to take it. Get more of the chicken you love with a delicious McChicken sandwich for $1. And for an extra buck, add a refreshing Dr. Pepper. Dining rooms are starting to reopen in certain communities. At participating McDonald's, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 of pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. 
A new year means it's time for a new home network that can keep up. With Cox Internet, you have the speed and coverage your family needs to stay connected. You'll enjoy Cox's fiber-based hybrid network with options for fast upload and download speeds. And if your household has lots of connected devices, panoramic Wi-Fi may be the perfect fit thanks to its additional control features. Plus, with advanced security on panoramic Wi-Fi, you'll know each connected device is securely protected 24-7. A whole world of connectivity is yours with Cox Internet. Learn more at Cox.com. Welcome back into the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Juxtaposition live on KLRMadio.com. We typically do this thing every other Saturday. However, since it is October, we do Juxtober every October, and we come to you with a deep dive on a specific topic. Unfortunately, this is only week two because Ordy and I both felt like crap last week, so we've got to do. We had to do that with the demons one too. We had to do a makeup. That yeah, year. I think that was emotionally exhausting, though. Yeah, I mean, th- well, this one's kind of been the same because it's really hard to research because, again, it's been trampled. Um, so this yeah, one's been absolutely of, polluted with culture. But, but yeah. But yeah, so th- this one's been kind of exhausting, too, which is kind of why we brought him back up because, you know. <laughs> and the funny thing is we had no idea when we asked her to do the show that she, she'd actually written a paper on it. Right. Oh, yeah. But that, like I said, years and years and years granted, ago, that granted, was for Anthropology 489. It really, you know, granted, long time it, ago. it was it was last century when she wrote the paper. But yes, it was. <laughs> it was the last millennium. <laughs> God, <laughs> put me out of my misery. <laughs> Apollo is working to ensure a bright, bold future, financing solutions to some of the most complex challenges the world is facing. Apollo, investing in tomorrow today. Learn more at Apollo.com. At the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program, we're helping you spend less on your prescriptions. With the FEP Medicare Prescription Drug Program, eligible members with Medicare can pay lower out-of-pocket costs for higher-cost drugs and get additional approved prescription drugs than our traditional pharmacy benefit, all with the same FEP premium. There's even a cap on the amount you pay out-of-pocket on prescriptions each year, helping you save money. That's the benefit of blue. Learn more at fepblue.org slash Medicare Rx. <laughs> I just realized I've been, let's see, wait. 89, 89, 79. I, I want to cry. <laughs> yeah, when you get that realization you've been out of school longer than you were in school. Almost 35 years. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been a while it's been a while so one of the things i was looking forward to this too is that you know we kind of touched around it a little bit is that new world witchcraft is actually absolutely fascinating to me especially with its ties you know with you know, um african voodoo and hoodoo and you and that melding with Mesoamerican, mm-hmm. you know, herbal, you know, it combined with you know, European 
takes on it all, and especially in the Caribbean. That all just got turned into a melting pot of creepy glory that I think is only second to in popularity to the whole palm reading thing. We're talking about, you know, the you know, the second wave feminism, you know, that also kind of spawned a uh, renewed interest in the occult as well in the sixties and seventies. And that's mm-hmm. when you had your palm readers, your fortune tellers and everything as prolific in the seedy areas of town as tattoo parlors were at the time. And you, it, and a lot of that had a very, at least, you know, out here in California had a very Caribbean flavor to it. Oh, very much so. Very much so. I I do find it funny because growing up in um, in South Texas, there was a psychic palm reader. She had a little hole in the wall place when I was growing up. That was in the you know lower income part of town where I kind of grew up uh, for the first part of my teenage years. And when I went back. This past August, she has has a really nice office space downtown, my hometown now. She's still around, and it's like there's a large parking area, and, you know, you walk in, and there's a whole seating area, and it's like, like a waiting room, but with really nice chairs, Getting six-figure consulting fees from the, freaking, from the uh, firms downtown. She's, she's got a freaking chandelier in there. I mean, I'm like, this is fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and you come in, and I didn't go, but um, I was talking to one of my girlfriends, and she was telling me, I was like, oh, yeah, I go, like, once a month or something. And it's really cool, you know, you make your appointment. I'm like, you have to make an appointment now? Because it was walk in, you know, when we were growing up. <laughs> You make an appointment, you walk in, and you sit down, and, you know, she's got assistants, and they'll offer you wine or something from the bar. She's got a bar. <laughs> a bar. And I'm like, what? And not the cheap like, shit either. It's, you know. Yes. I mean, you can order a, an old-fashioned. You can order a Manhattan. You can order wine, you know, a margarita. You know, and she keeps to, like, the standards, nothing fancy, like, you know. Margarita, fashion, Manhattan, you know, the standard cocktails that you would find. And, and, and I'm like, but the fact that she has a bar and you're not paying for the drink. So I can't imagine what she charges for a reading, <laughs> but it's a really nice establishment. And I'm like, this is amazing. It, it really is amazing to me because, you know, growing up, it was considered backroom. It was considered wrong side of the tracks it was considered something you don't you don't you didn't speak about right you never even acknowledged it you knew it was there but you never talked about it it was like walking into a porn shop you didn't want anybody to see you go in there exactly and now she's like totally legit she's downtown she's got a really nice place she's got a freaking chandelier and serves you drinks while you wait for your palm reading i'm like oh my god i missed my calling (laughs) And, and my girlfriend goes there once a month and i'm like once a month for what? <laughs> I just, I cannot, yeah. I, I can't grasp it. I mean, 
But, you know, this is the same chick that has her hair did and her nails did and her pedicure did and once a month as well, right? So she does the whole shebang. Right. Oh, you know, Manny, Patty, reading. It's all good. You know, it's, good. Like, it's a me day. <laughs> it is. It's her. Instead of going to a spa, she yeah. goes and gets her palm red or yeah. whatever. A con, con, it's called a consult now. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's not called palm A spiritual consult. consult. Exactly. So it has been elevated. A lot of people, you know, especially with the advent of the um, 900 number, you know, and everything, call Miss Cleo, you know, yeah. all of this stuff. Psychic Friends Network. And- exactly. It has actually become more mainstream. So that that has kind of helped. Which I blame Dion helped. Warwick. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> That's what friends are for, honey. Right. <laughs> So, um, but I think I think in a way, all of that, the technology and everything, has helped to bring witchcraft into being more mainstream. But it's still because of a lot of people tend to think that witchcraft, especially since the Salem witch trials and all that stuff, was kind of trying they were trying to break away from the patriarchy with witchcraft. That's how it's associated today. I don't think that patriarchy had anything, had that much to do with it. I'm I'm sure that it had some to do with it, but considering that the practicing of witchcraft was not something that uh, emasculated men per se, that I, I, I don't, you know, maybe because women were the main practice practitioners of witchcraft, that might have something to do with the whole patriarchal side of it. But today, more than then, it's being associated as a pushback to the patriarchy. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm an old fashioned gal. I channel June Cleaver. I wear the pearls and the apron <laughs> and the petticoat and whatnot, you know, whatever. But for the life of me, I I'm trying to figure out what patriarchy means to these people that talk about it in those, in those terms today, because I don't see it. Even as somebody that studied witchcraft, I still don't see it. But so that may be a failing of mine. I just don't see the patriarchy the way they see it. But there are some witches that use witchcraft as a way to fight uh, misogyny and the patriarchy and homophobia and transphobia and all this stuff. And I'm like, those are the political witchcraft. You know, the the 300 witches who cast a hex on Trump. Oh, Oh, don't even get me started on that stuff because there's still a group called bind Trump. They're still out there trying to bind him. And I'm like, so insufferable. Okay. You know, I just like, Give it up. He's not even an, he's not even an, he's not even president right now. He's been gone for three Give years. He can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> but yes, you do have these um, politically incentivized witches who do use their powers just for politics. You know, so it, it just depends on what your motivation is as a witch. You know, and that's what will guide you into your practice. And like I said, like you said, kitchen is kind of like a catch-all plant, which is probably the most popular ones because they're the ones that um, do most of the 
old folkloric methods with with herbs and roots and you know whatnot. But like I said, there's certain rituals that go to um, go towards it, like um, the candle ritual, which it's kind of interesting in and of itself. You go to the witch and you answer some questions that she puts to you. And based on that, she will put certain things into the candle that she will make for you. Now, you don't take this candle home. She will burn the candle later because the candle has to set. And all of those things that she puts in the wax have to meld you know they have to they have to have time to cook together before she melts a candle mm-hmm. but um you know you'll go to her and you'll answer a few questions and she'll put uh you know sage and this and i don't know eye of newt or whatever she puts inside the into the melted wax and then you will tell her what you hope to achieve and no, you cannot say I need to meet the love of my life because it doesn't work that way with plant witches. You want something more basic, like there is a problem at work. I need resolution. I've been trying to seek for several months now regarding X, you know, X being a person, X being um, a particular project, X being an amount of money, you know, whatever it is. So you it has to be that. specific with a specific target. It can't just be generally. Exactly. You know, you have oh, to I, I hope I want good health. Yeah, uh, they, they can't do that. It has to be kind of more specific than that. So she goes and she will let you know via text or however, whichever way you want to be contacted, you know, when she burns the candle. Now, the candle has to be burned in a specific area. Usually the witch has a specific altar where she burns those candles for her customer. Okay. And it's not a, an altar that she would use for religious purposes. It's just that particular section is reserved just for that purpose. And nobody else sees it except for her. You know, that way nobody else's negative influence can surround this area, this altar, you know, that kind of thing. And then she'll burn it. And she will let you know, and that's when you start looking for any changes in whatever it was that you told her. And, you know, some plant witches say, I have like an 85% success rate. And you start wondering, well, what are they asking you to do? (laughs) (laughs) Your success rate is that high. (laughs) But, you know, some, some do really well. Others, you know, whatever. So it depends on how much money you're willing to spend, but usually if they're really successful, you're going to be spending a pretty penny on a candle that you'll never see, but that's okay. <laughs> At least it's not, it's not Gwyneth Paltrow's candle. So that's okay. <laughs> it's like that joke about, you know, when the stealth bomber crashed, well, how do you know? They could have just spread wreckage around and said, see, one crashed. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, okay. So something occurred to me you know, when you were talking about the wish hunts, that's actually, if you think about it, that's a very dangerous game society's playing because if witchcraft is real, and you know, for all intents and purposes, let's assume that it is, and they're, they're as powerful as society has feared, 
why would you want to go to war with them? It's like, it's almost like those who knew that knew that they were not in danger. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of, it, it's, you know, it, it's all reciprocity and, you know, but yeah, cause I'm thinking about it. It's like, okay, so you want to go fuck with somebody that you believe has had Congress with the devil. And this is a good idea to you. <laughs> it's it, uh, that that's where an interfaith comes in, you know, and to give you an example that has nothing to do with witchcraft. Um, Battle of Hastings, 1066, you have Harold II up against Charlemagne, William the Conqueror. And. Harold was actually told by his uh, messenger um, that Charlemagne was carrying the Pope's banner. Now, at the time, Charlemagne actually lied to the Pope about what was going on in England. And the Pope gave him his banner too, as, you know, that he would be doing this for the church, you know, whatever. When Harold found out that Charlemagne had the Pope's banner, Harold knew he was going to lose. And yet he went to battle anyway because his faith told him, I'm doing this because it is the right thing to do. And I think that in that case, that might be the motivation, you know, for these people. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, and, you know, as... In our faith, we are motivated to fight those who have been in Congress with the devil. You know, we do have to fight that. So maybe that would explain it in in that manner. You know, the yeah. I mean, I, I feel for Harold. You know, he's going over there, going, ah, oh, shit, I am so fucked and I'm so boned. This sucks. <laughs> but I'm still doing it. You know, he goes out there, he gets hacked to death. You know, whatever. But. You know, that was, he was a man of conviction and he was a man of faith. And that's what his faith told him to do, even though he knew he was going to lose. So maybe it's the same type of okay. thing, you know? I, I, I think it's more just that once you get the, once you get the mob whipped up, then all caution gets thrown into the wind. He's yeah. Not, he's not wrong. Yeah. Yes. William the Conqueror, Charlemagne, whatever. I yeah. don't care what it, <laughs> I don't care what they call him anymore. He was a dick. <laughs> That's all I know. You know it's, it's kind of funny that you, you actually specifically mentioned the Battle of Hastings 1066. That is the only thing that really has stuck into my head. The only specific date that has stuck in my head since junior high. Really? I as far <laughs> outside of American history, yes. It's it's one of those useless nuggets that's just stuck in there. I can't jar out. It's like it was, I thought it was going to be on the SAT or something. I put that much import into it. I, the, you know why it sticks in my head it was because it was the first um, that because of the uh, the tapestry with Halley's comet. Okay. Yeah. That was yeah. It was from 1066, and that was that was important according to uh, to the church as well. So. <laughs> It was an ugly year, let's face it. <laughs> Not a good year. It was just ugly. But like I tell everybody, you know, 
Sure, sure. Yeah, they conquered uh, the Saxons, blah, 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 blah. But we had the last laugh. The Saxons had the last laugh because he had to marry all of his earls and all of his dudes to the Saxon women, right? And uh, who was teaching the kids? The Saxon women. (laughs) (laughs) And thus, that's why they speak English and not French. So, my teacher. I want to. I want to learn French just so I can refuse to speak it rather than be unable to. Oh yeah, don't get me started with French witches. Holy shit, those people are in whack. I mean, seriously, I cannot even express to you a French witch. Um, yeah, they get uppity. (laughs) No, please do do tell. (laughs) I had experience with a French witch once. She was actually, uh. Where was I? I was, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I was in Germany at the time. And um, apparently there was some kind of uh, get together going on, some convention or something. They do have them, like I mentioned, you know, and everything. And, but they had it at the same time that they were having um, uh, like a Renaissance fair downtown. So there were witches floating all over the place. No pun intended. <laughs> on their brooms? <laughs> Had they been on their brooms, they would have been happy. Right. As as we all know. Um, but, yeah, there was this one chick, and she was French, and she was just very, um, you know, very hoity-toity and everything. And even though she understood English and spoke English, she refused to speak it to those of us who did not know French. Uh, that were there because it was beneath her and if we wanted to commune with her level of witchcraft we had to speak French and so I told her in French to fuck off and we all walked off (laughs) she was like wait what just happened (laughs) you know it it, it just it's a cultural thing it's not about the witchcraft this is just I, 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 I'm pretty sure she was from one of the big cities if not Paris, then one of the bigger cities because she was just very uppity. For, very you know, and, and normally witches tend not to be so snobbish simply by virtue of the fact that in their line of work, it's still kind of shunned in certain areas and you just don't want to take the risk of offending somebody because your livelihood depends on reaching out to all manner of people, especially those that are more affluent. So, it's almost you have a bar and assistance. And I mean, I'm not kidding, man. At the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program, we're helping you spend less on your prescriptions. With the FEP Medicare Prescription Drug Program, eligible members with Medicare can pay lower out-of-pocket costs for higher-cost drugs and get additional approved prescription drugs than our traditional pharmacy benefit, all with the same FEP premium. There's even a cap on the amount you pay out-of-pocket on prescriptions each year, helping you save money. That's the benefit of blue. Learn more at fepblue.org slash Medicare Rx. And next time I'm down there, I'm going to take pictures. Because <laughs> it's a freaking chandelier. There's a chandelier. <laughs> I think that blows me away more than the damn bar. <laughs> okay, so you, you, you brought it up. Well, I brought it up. Um, for those who didn't hear the Halloween special last year. You got to give the history of the broom. 
<laughs> okay, so it 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 actually has a pharmacological explanation. <laughs> to be nice. <laughs> Much the same way that Kellogg's Sanatorium did. Um, it, 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 okay, so. A Watch lot of, the road to Wellville. You'll understand that. You know, you, it, throughout history, you have witches riding broomsticks, and they're associated with um, and, and broomsticks, and and, 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 and it, it has, this has been for hundreds of years. Um but it has to do with a lot of the herbals that they use for their potions. A lot of them had certain alkaloids and, excuse me, um, and they used a lot of the, uh, you know, like belladonna was very popular, mandrake, um, I want to say jimson weed. Hemlock, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they, they did all of that stuff. They made brews, but they also made um, unguents which are oil-based, okay? So that when you applied it, it would take time to seep through your skin. And um, rather than just a liquid that could evaporate too quickly or, you know, you couldn't drink some of the stuff. So it had to be applied in that manner. Um, and um, those unguents were usually called witches salves, okay? <laughs> okay, I'm with you. So um, there were some particular compounds are more readily absorbed through mucous membranes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically those of the vaginal area. <laughs> of the vaginal variety. Yes. Um, I mean, you could, you know, you could put it on your armpits or, you know, um, in your nose or something, but you, which is, we're trying to be very secretive about what they did. They could not be showing this to just anybody. So rectally and vaginally, those were the ways that they could apply this and have the trips, the hallucinogenic trips that they wanted to take, right? <laughs> now, how to apply it? Well, you couldn't just stick your hand underneath, okay? So you have, you know, so they would actually use the broomsticks because they were handy, no pun intended, again. But they could, since they were associated with a, you know, they're mostly women, you used it to sweep the floors, so you had brooms around the house or, you know, in the pantry or the larder or wherever. And so they would use it as a way to apply the unguent to the mucus lining of the vagina. <laughs> so they were literally writing a broom. <laughs> and so it kind of stuck after that, but that's how that's how it became associated, because they wanted to get off in more ways than one, for lack of a better term, terminology. But um, it was it it was, you know, 
it was convenient. I mean, it really was. The broom was literally right there. And if they should be. It's an inconspicuous applicator. Yeah. And if somebody should walk in, they could just stop what they were doing and just sweep the floor. I mean, it, it was. They could move quickly enough to be pretending to be doing something else with the broom. Uh, so it's, um, it was, it was just, it, it was a way to anoint the themselves with the magical elixir that they had made. Yeah. Thinking about it as for that purpose as well. Um, given the fact that you just like couldn't go out and get a simulated wood handle like you can in current year, uh, the frequent use of the broom would make it, you know, smoother, sanded, yes, better than say just a twig. And you know, I, I I'm I'm not sure. It, you know the quality, the different qualities of woods that are out there. There's some woods that sure. their grain is so fine that it's that it's almost you know like glass. You know, after yeah. after after a while, so some woods were more preferred for these kind of things than others. Which is kind um, of funny because most of the like the, the most common trees in the old world, the at least of the the hardwood, um, they they require very little sanding. Yeah. Once shaped, when you know, did very little to get them to be glass. Right. I mean, you wanted a hardwood to make your you know spoons and bowls and stuff like that because you didn't want a fibrous wood. Because that would just eventually just rot right. and fall apart within you know a couple of weeks of using. So, so that was the same thing. You know, a broom was something that you had to make yourself. You know, and the staff you wanted something that was very hardy and that would because you didn't want to keep you know carving one out. Now you have to replace the the brushes that you tied onto it to make the broom, but the staff itself you wanted it to be made out of a hardwood that you know and so that was one of the reasons why witches were flying on their brooms because they once they started feeling the effects of that hallucinogenic compound they were like riding around and they felt like they were flying i mean they were tripping out and that's where the concept of a flying witch comes from <laughs> that's fantastic so it was, you know, I, I, I want to say it was scopolamine or something like that. That was the main hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic compound that they used in the unguent that they applied to their vaginal area. So that is a very, very strong hallucinogenic compound, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. And that's why... You have witches riding their brooms. And of course, you know, if most women knew the history behind that, they would probably blame the broom on the patriarchy too, somehow. <laughs> you you and I both know this, but Oh yeah. Know. No, I mean everything's the fault of the patriarchy. And you know, <laughs> in the end, patriarchy wins because look at the trans movement. <laughs> danger, 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 we're cl we're cl Right. Dangerously close. We're we're getting close to the political Rubicon there, sir. Yeah, Rick, you got anything to add tonight? I mean, you, you, I've been—I know I've been kind of taking over this whole thing, but you jump in. 
That, but there's well, there's not much left to jump into. We're already past the hour. Well, it's not <laughs> like we've never gone along before. <laughs> no, I mean you. Yeah. Well, no, she's never said that to me. It's fine. Anyway, that's a story for another day. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, no, I mean, you guys covered it pretty well. I was actually taking care of some housekeeping while you guys were doing everything. Speaking of which, Aggie specifically asked me when the first ever recorded episode of Juxtaposition was, and it was May 13th, 2019. So, ah, okay. <laughs> the one thing My that, first appearance was two episodes later. Yeah, the one thing that I do like about Good Pods, which is, you know, Jeff's been pushing this for a while, and I'm finally starting to figure out how to make it all work. Not only does it tell you where you're ranked among the other shows in your category, which most of KLI Radio is kicking a lot of people's ass, which makes me really happy, um, but it also lets you know when your show originally first showed up on their website, which would be the very first episode. Um, so, Aggie, you also asked me about you. I don't honestly know because your original stuff isn't showing up for some reason. He said she said showing February of 20. Um, but I know you've been doing it before then because it actually originally started as um, a pod divided. I can't seem to find that one anywhere, so I'll actually have to go through my records to see when the first record for that, for that one was because good pods didn't help me there. <laughs> no, pod divided was the precursor to the cocktail, yeah, lounge. cocktail lounge. Uh, he said, she said, we were doing alternative Tuesdays to okay. cocktail lounge so, until we got it on Fridays. So maybe that one was the one. So hang on. Let me, I, I've got, he said, right. she said too. So let me see what that one shows. Hang on. You know, my favorite. He said, she said it was uh, chick chat. Yes. That, that one was also on Fridays. Yeah. yeah. But that was just the three, the three gals, you know, me, Lou and uh, um, Annie Vodka. So let me see what the cocktail lounge says. Hang on. I think one of my favorite things about Good Pods is that Jeff's is all is Jeff is always kicking Neil deGrasse Tyson's ass. That's so wonderful. <laughs> it's, it's so great. <laughs> uh, first recorded um, for the cocktail lounge, which should have the original RSS feed, as the other ones were showing to be August thirty first of twenty nineteen. So it was about a year before. Sounds about right. And it is currently, just so you know. Uh, number uh, number 14 in the top 100 for sports monthly chart as of right now and number 19 in the top 100 sports weekly chart so like i said there there has there most of the shows on klr radio are on the leaderboards which makes me really really happy because that means we're not we're starting to get noticed and we're kicking ass over here so i kind of like it <laughs> yeah gotta so, figure yeah. out what jux isn't ranking though because it's only done like once a month and we i just claimed it a couple of weeks ago, so it'll take a while for things okay. to start showing uh, up. Gotcha. Yeah, I have another Because we're huge in Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> Another one I can't, the one I can't find at all for some reason so far is um, the culture shift. I can't find that one over here at all. It, even when I search the KLR and radio tag, it's not pulling it. I don't know why. I can't find that. And not one. to not to toot my horn, but when I did Hookers and Booze blog, we were really big in India. I'm just saying. I can imagine. Jeff is huge in India. <laughs> Bigger in Sweden than ABBA. Oh yeah. Teresa base now. <laughs> wow, that joke is big. That was a reach. But yeah, suck it, NDT. <laughs> I just love that. 
It, it gives me a warm feeling every time I see the ranking. I know. Oh man, I'm so easily amused. Y'all saw what I was doing today. I was I was painting silly, silly stuff. <laughs> but I had fun. It was nice. Nothing matters. Hey, I'm I'm telling you, you should reach out to Hunter. He's got connections. Those paintings can make you money. Oh God. You know, I'm still wondering about that because he does not sell the originals. He only sells the prints for 75 grand starting. Which, which, like, what? Which tells you it's a money laundering scheme because who the hell is going to pay oh, that yeah. much for crappy prints? <laughs> oh, yeah. It wasn't until somebody actually asked the gallery owner. It's like, well, how much does the, you know, how much does this particular piece go for? And And he said that you could buy it for... I think that one, that particular one was 125 or something like that. And he says, okay, I'll take it. I was like, oh, no, no, you get a print. And he was like, what? <laughs> no, the original. We don't sell the originals. We only sell the prints. I'm like, only the prints, only through that one gallery, and nobody knows who's buying this shit. Yeah, okay. That's hellacious witchcraft right there. Right. <laughs> That's like spirit cooking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely some yeah. weird stuff going on in that family. I'm just saying. Um, anyway, so, always. So since we since we yes. keep, since we keep skirting that line, um, and yeah. I think we've covered everything on the topic. Where can folks find you this coming week, Miss Aggie? Well, you can find me at Aggie Rican and at Aggie the Barkeep. Those are over on X. You can find me 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday nights, doing the Cocktail Lounge with the ever-suave Brad Slager. Friday nights, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, doing He Said, She Said with Rick as of late. That has been a lot of fun. And, uh, hey, coming up next week is... Uh, the last Wednesday of the month, 8 p.m. Eastern. We're doing toxic masculinity, right? Correct. Yes, ma'am. All right. That's where you can find me. And, and I got to say this, because Jeff's in chat. November 6th is the launch of our book podcast. So stay tuned for more information on that coming next week. Awesome. And, 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 and Mr. Packard. Yes, present. Besides, you know, the Amish Courthouse and Behind Circle K, where can people find you this coming week? Well, you can find me on uh, Twitter. I refuse to call it X as Ordnance Packard. I am trying to get back to my 31 days of Oingo Boingo. This has been a hell week at work, and I'm going to get caught up tomorrow, and then hopefully I can flow through the rest of the month without interruption. You you can find me. What's that? You just jinxed yourself again. You say this this every time. I know. Anyway, uh, you can find me Wednesday on the aforementioned Toxic Masculinity. You can find me Tuesday on Manorama on Steve Rancor's uh, Rumble channel. Uh, Wednesday, you can find me on Manorama, and then you can find me again later Wednesday on Rick and Orty. Uh, Next Saturday, I will be back again for uh, another juxtaposition as we continue our deep dive into witches and witchcraft. Woohoo! How about people not find you? Um, It's a shorter list. I don't. I, there, I don't think there's anywhere they can not find me at this point. Um, you can find me on most social media platforms, including Facebook at RowdyRick73. The only one that's different is Instagram, but I still barely use that one. That's at RowdyRick1973. 
The only thing it's good for is it's tied to my Facebook and it shares some stuff over there, so I haven't quite figured out what I'm doing with that one yet. Um, and which is also now including TikTok. Uh, you can also find me most nights of the week here somewhere. As an example, I'm off both tomorrow and Monday, but we will be doing a special pop-up episode of the Rick Robinson Show. I have uh, at least one Jewish friend, possibly another coming on to talk about all the craziness going on everywhere right now <laughs> sorry that just sounded like you know, you did the meme oh i have a jewish friend yeah yeah, yeah. sorry I, <laughs> I have several jewish friends i'm just not sure exactly no, i know I, I, I just I, I had to you, you did the meme i know <laughs> so so anyway so then i'll be uh producing for the cocktail lounge after that and then um we'll uh, go ahead and run the loftus party after everything because um, I can only make the early shift work for the pop-up. Um, and then on Wednesday, of course, Toxic Masculinity, then rolling into the Conservative Curmudgeon, as far as I know. Actually, no, I'm sorry. America Off the Rails, and then Toxic Masculinity, because we're not doing Conservative Curmudgeon. There we go. Um, and then the Red Wine, and then finishing off with you on Rick and Orty. And then Thursday, doing the Whatever Show with Stacy, and then there'll be a little bit of a break, and then I'll come back and do Jen and Rick. And then on Friday, I'll be back around doing Aggie, Aggie Show with Aggie, and then back around here with you doing Chuck's Decision for October. When I'm not doing all that, you can find me on Twitchy, theloftestparty.com, uh, as well as the, the Loftus Party podcast. I'm the executive producer for that, which usually drops on Tuesdays. And you can also, I, I think I mentioned Twitchy already, but I don't remember because I have so much to say I've forgotten. <laughs> I'm done. If you, can't, if you can't figure anything else out from there, I don't know how to help you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I probably should mention this. Starting November 1st, the Rick Robinson Show will be becoming KLARN Radio's flagship morning show. So Wednesday, November All 1st, right. 7 to 9 in the morning. Cause Eastern. I don't have enough to do, apparently. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> My name's Rick Robinson. I'm a workaholic. My last meeting was forever ago. We're getting the hell out of here. Because if I keep telling you guys where you can find me we won't be able to get off till next tuesday Bye, Aggie, thank you so much for joining us it was fantastic <laughs> thanks for having me on it was fun <laughs> thanks you were great now you're sounding like this was never mind I'm <laughs> <laughs>
Honey, he's 25. I think he'll be okay. I got him 17 Hannaford frozen pizzas. <laughs> That's all he eats. Wouldn't it be nice if we got, like, personalized coupons from Hannaford for all those? Would be a lot of savings. This in-flight entertainment is brought to you by Hannaford Rewards. Get personalized coupons based on your purchases. Hmm. See, honey, everything's gonna be fine. It's simple to save with my Hannaford Rewards.